This is episode number 331 with data analyst Hershal Senab. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. This episode is brought to you by Data Science Go 2020, our very own data science conference. We've already done three events in the past three years and we're moving into our fourth year in 2020. And to give you a feel for what to expect, here are some stats from DSGO 2019. We had 620 attendees fly in from 25 different countries, 38 speakers gave talks, 150 plus business decision makers attended the sessions as well. And get this, 2,400 cups of coffee were drank during the networking sessions. So Data Science Go is not just a place where you will get all the top data science skills that you need for your career. That's definitely a huge component of the conference, but also it's a great place where the community comes together to network. At Data Science Go, you will meet data scientists and professionals from companies like Accenture, AIG, Wells Fargo, MasterCard, Facebook, Google, IBM, Microsoft, Salesforce, Teradata, Amazon, eBay, Shopify, and many, many more. So this is a great opportunity to meet and network with your colleagues, to meet and start catching up with your mentor, or maybe to even meet the manager at the next company that you'll be working for. At Data Science Go 2020, we've been almost doubling every single year. So we're expecting about a thousand attendees at this next event. Data Science Go is happening on the weekend of the 6th, 7th and 8th of November 2020. And you can already secure your tickets today at datasciencego.com. And one more thing is that we actually have different tracks. So we found that this is a very important component for attendees and we have tracks tailored to your experience. So if you're a beginner, there's a beginner track which will help you get the skills to break into data science. If you're an intermediate practitioner, there's an intermediate track for you to progress to advance. And if you're already advanced, there's an exclusive advanced track just for you. So whatever your level, you can find the right track, the right talks, the right workshops, the right sessions and case studies and panels at Data Science Go. So on that note, this is the best conference for you to attend to skyrocket your data science career. So make sure to secure your ticket at datasciencego.com today. And I can't wait to meet you in person in California in November 2020. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super pumped to have you back here on the show today. And today's episode is exclusively specialized. It's specialized for data science interviews for grads. In fact, our guest today, Hershal Sunab, uh, himself was a graduate just recently, and he now has a job in data science. So he's fresh, he's been fresh through that process of graduating from university, of understanding or of applying for jobs, understanding what he wants, applying for internships, graduate positions, and then later jobs, and preparing for interviews, going to interviews, uh, making mistakes, learning from them, and so on. So 
uh, he's just graduated and he's just got his job. He's been in his job for the past three months, three or four months. So all of this is all fresh in his mind and uh, he was very kind to join the podcast and share these experiences to help you avoid those mistakes. So if you are a graduate, a recent graduate from a university or you're about to graduate, even better if you're graduating in a year or so, this podcast is going to be extremely relevant for you to help you find a data science job, to find those interviews, to prepare for them. Specifically, the things we're going to talk about. We're going to start off by talking about how Hershal and I had a great time at Data Science Go this year, and he was actually volunteering there, so you'll learn a lot of what he got to take away from that experience. Then we moved on to the discussion about jobs, and the first thing Hershal pointed out was to understand what is it that you want from data science and he gave his experience there it's a very personal thing for everyone but i think his experience will be valuable so hershal gave four tips on how to apply for jobs then he gave five tips on how to prepare for the interviews and i actually gave one extra one to add to that and then finally he shared five mistakes that he himself has made at interviews to help you avoid those interviews so there you go that's a total of about 15 tips or even more that you'll get from this podcast to apply to your job plus uh, he gave plenty of resources which will be useful for you in your preparation for the actual content part of the interviews so there we go. That's what this podcast is about. And speaking from my personal experience, even if out of those 15, three of those tips are going to be super relevant to you specifically, this is going to be a great investment of your time because it can make or break an interview and your job in data science. So let's do this. And without further ado, I bring to you a data analyst, Hershal Sanab. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super pumped to have you back here on the show. Today's super special guest is calling in from San Diego. Hershal, how are you going, my friend? I'm doing amazing. Uh, today's weather is super sunny and it's really warm and pleasing outside. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. Oh, how I'm are you doing? Very excited to have you. I'm doing very well, too. In fact, I'm doing amazing as well. It's uh, pretty early here in Australia, but... Uh, well, not as early, it's almost nine o'clock, <laughs> but <Okay. laughs> earlier than for you. And uh, I love this when we're like in different days for you. For me, it's Monday for you. It's still Sunday. How cool is that? Oh, oh, I did not know that uh, Australia is ahead of us. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> very, very much so. Very much ahead. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I never dealt with any of my clients who were in Australia. Like it's mainly it has been Asia or like mm. Europe or like, um, but so, you, you go back to Mumbai, right? Mumbai is far Yeah, ahead. yeah, mm. right. So they are ahead as well. I think right now it's like through, uh, 4 a.m. Mm. Uh, Sunday morning there. Yeah, yeah. Well, for yeah. us, it's already almost 9. I think apart from <laughs> Australia, Australia is even further ahead than Japan, even though Japan is called the, the country of the rising sun. Like I know mm -hmm. like Brisbane is one hour ahead of Tokyo. and But then there's New Zealand. And ooh, I'm curious where Hawaii is in that sense. Hawaii... Uh, I think Hawaii should be in the same time zone as us because ah. it's like it's really close from here. Ah, okay. So it's kind of like it's also Sunday in Hawaii then. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's only yeah. a few places that are even more ahead than Australia, like New Zealand is one of them. Ooh. Yeah. Cool fact I learned today. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, um, yeah, live and learn always. 
Always learn yeah, yourself. Absolutely. Speaking of learning, um, wanted to say a huge thank you, Herschel, for coming and volunteering at Data Science Go uh, this year in mm -hmm. uh, San Diego. It was amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Thank uh, you for having me. What, uh, like, your help was incredible. You were like one of the top volunteers. How many volunteers <laughs> did we have? <laughs> How many did we have I, I in total? This time we had a huge population because there were like few exchange students from Korea. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was like there were like a lot of people, but I think last time it was just me and then one more girl yeah. from uh, from here. And so yeah, um, I think we in in volunteers it kind of grew exponentially. I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, yeah, like this time we had like an army of. Uh, uh, yeah. Korean exchange students running yeah, around. Yeah, exactly. And because they were also, uh, they were part of like uh, learning English programs. So they were all super nervous yeah. <laughs> to be around all the, some of the Native Americans, uh, uh, English speakers. So yeah. it was a good experience. Yeah, yeah. man. And um, so you've volunteered twice. How many days goes have you been to total? Two? Uh, how many what? How many yeah, of the conferences? Yes, two. Just two. Okay. Right. How did you find Two out? Two of them in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. How did you find out about uh, Data Science Go? Uh, it's actually a very interesting story. Um, I think when you guys were looking, were going to do Data Science Go conference for the first time here in San Diego, uh, like a few months before that, I think you guys started with the meetups uh -huh. in San Diego. Yeah. So I think Maria, or AKA Mavi, yeah. and she reached out to me on LinkedIn, and she's she was she was looking for someone to host uh -huh. the meetups here in San Diego, and I think she was looking for a speaker during summertime or yeah. like early summer, and I I was uh, unfortunately I was a little busy, and I told her like oh I'm like look I'm busy looking for internships and all those things. So I told her I won't be able to help her out at this point, but maybe in future, we'll see. And I think then she reached out to Ashwin, and then Ashwin started hosting the meetups. Uh -huh. But uh, I think somewhere down the line, I saw a little bit of advertisement about DHGO on LinkedIn, and uh -huh. then I reached out again to Mavi, and I had a call with her, and I, I asked her if there is an open spot where... I could contribute and she said yeah join us uh, because i was here in san diego as well so she just got me in and hey here i am <laughs> nice very nice how's your yeah. experience been with volunteering at the conference uh i would say it uh, the experience has been really good because there are like two aspects like either i could have come as a participant but i i think uh, as a volunteer i got like more uh information f about the um conference and i also got to uh, know all the speakers individually so i would say it was a uh, more learning uh, i i mean i got to understand how to uh, conduct uh, the whole conference and how to organize it but i also learned a lot from the conference because uh, i think everyone at the conference they were super nice and they allowed me to sit at any of the sessions that i was interested in so mm -hmm. it was a great experience. And personally, I got to know most of the speakers and I have their contact numbers. So, hey, it was a good thing for me. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. That's yeah. really cool. And um, which of your sessions was the favorite this uh, this year's Go 2019? Uh, this time, um, uh, I would say I did not get to sit for more uh, a lot of like data science related, but I, I was I sat for like most of the morning 
uh-huh. sessions and i think one of my favorite i forgot the name of the speaker but it was uh, a, a little motivational talk which happened on sunday morning and he really pumped the whole crowd up and that was really good i think uh-huh. he was talking about like how to get things done and like how to go after what you want uh, yeah, that was, yeah, yeah one of uh-huh. my favorite talks Oh uh, yeah, I'll I'll yeah. remember the name. That's uh, I yeah. mi- I actually missed that talk, but I heard it was very yeah, good. yeah. So I think I remember talking to you about that uh, con uh, about that talk on that day itself, and I think you came in a little late, uh, mm-hmm. but it was really amazing talk. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was Antonio Neves. That's, that's yeah, name. Antonio. Right, that's correct, Antonio. Yeah, yeah. that that's, was uh, one of my favorite talk. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool because we uh, on purpose invite every time somebody who's completely not related to data science to get a different perspective like um first time it was kyle sees who's a comedian and he gave a talk (laughs) yeah he gave a talk on like following your heart following your dreams like people cried in the audience seriously like oh my god (laughs) yeah and cried and laughed and it was uh it was interesting because it was so different like data science you know it's very technical you're using your brain a lot thinking a lot he spoke to the heart and he like yeah. really opened people up. Everybody was like giving each other hugs at the end. That was wow, really cool. that's good. Um, I, I, yeah, I would say like at the end, we are all people. It's yeah. just that we happen to like data science. So yeah, I mean, like if you pick a nerve, they are going to you know get emotional. So that's and, yeah. and it's good. Like I like that mix. Like last year we invited Pablo Holman, who um, was is like He's not directly related to data science. He's an inventor and uh, like a right. hacker. And do you remember that talk? Oh yeah, absolutely. That How good was that? With Bill Gates. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Everyone, I remember like all the volunteers and uh, your whole team was inside, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, we need to be at this talk." Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, and like it, it yeah. stands to like now you like kind of understand. Um, sometimes we hear about these TED speakers and so on. He like Pablo Holman is a TED speaker and he's got twenty yeah, million views. And like oh, you know, yeah. you watch a TED talk online, you're like, oh, that's pretty good. But when you see him live, you're like, wow, okay, I get it. I understand why people love, love his talk so much. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I I personally think that uh, the combination of uh, a technical and a little bit of like non-technical aspect makes it like a really good blend for a conference. Yeah. Thanks, man. And uh, yeah. what did you think of? You said you got uh, to connect with speakers and so on. Uh, what did you think? <laughs> what did you think of the um, like the community at Data Science Go? Like for me, for example, it's uh, unlike other Data Science conferences that might have fantastic content. Here, mm-hmm. in addition to the content, there's actually like a, I, I don't know, like a sense of you know everybody. You're like at home. You know? Did you get that feeling? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because I think one of the uh, the best part of, of this conference is like I could literally just go and talk to anyone and not feel as if like I'm talking to a speaker or someone who's like superior to me. We, we uh, I always felt that I'm talking to a peer or like a colleague and it was like really good bonding experience and like once you bond well then you can like uh, connect well and communicate well so I think that was the best part for me at this conference. Fantastic and well that's, yeah. thank you so much that's really cool um some cool points and if anybody listening wants to come volunteer uh we're setting up a url uh slash volunteer um so head on over there and fill out the form and it would be really cool to have you as a volunteer and you'll get to meet harshal you're coming back to volunteer this year right 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I'll be a senior volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the boss, the volunteer boss. Tony, <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, on on other uh, topics, I want to give you a huge congrats, man. You got your data science job that you were looking for. Congrats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. How how does it feel? You you've been there. You said since August. So that's what three four months now. Yeah, three four months. I just joined like at around the end of uh, August. So mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I would say my job is not purely into data science. It's more of like data into data analytics. Mm -hmm. um, so my title is uh, business intelligence analyst. But I I am people also refer to us as business analyst or data analyst or just an analytical person. Mm -hmm. So it has <laughs> been. Uh, a great journey so far because uh, one of the most important thing for me uh, in in the job was to uh, get used to playing with the data because before this I did not never dealt with data in like a huge chunk of data even though I'd work in business intelligence I'd never did uh, data analytics using SQL or Tableau or Alteryx so uh, this. I, I look at this company as like a foundation for me and I'm, I'm just uh, happy to like play with the data every day I go in and they have plenty of data to play around with. Mm. That's yeah. that's really cool. That's that's awesome. A great first step. So um, what what industry is this company in if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, uh, so we are like so I work with smart drive systems. So we are into transportation intelligence. Uh, so apparently, I did not know before joining this company that transportation is apparently a billion-dollar industry, mm. <laughs> and uh, it's like all the trucks and that are moving, you know, from point A to point B. Uh, their safety is very important, and there are like a lot of things at stake. Mm -hmm. So a lot of companies are investing into how we can improve the safety and how we can improve the mileage uh, efficiency for all the trucks and different kinds of fleets. So we basically have uh, cameras and sensors on all of those trucks or like vehicles, and mm -hmm. we collect data from them in real time. And then my typical job would be to let them know, oh, on a weekly basis, driver XYZ performed like this. They had this many collisions, this many near collisions, this many observations were noticed, and this is how you can improve. Mm -hmm. And so we try to do this on uh, our different sites, site level, company level, uh, just to roll it up on, on different levels of hierarchy so that we can understand how safe and secure that particular site is or that driver is and how we can improve the safety. Very interesting. Sounds like a very responsible job. How do you? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, so in the beginning, I was a little nervous because um, it's like I would say in any any data industry, you are liable for any report that you make because you mm -hmm. are analyzing all the data and like you're showcasing it to someone, and those people are going to make decisions on top of that data. So. I was a bit nervous, but I would say some things just come to you with experience. So I would say uh, uh, I had really good mentors, and my manager is super good. He has been in the data analytics industry for more than 20 years. Mm. So it's like a very, uh, uh, to be honest, he has seen Tableau 1.0. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so he, he has seen all the versions. So 
so it's good to have their support and uh, from them I, I i slowly have like started developing the confidence and the responsibility of the data that i'm dealing with fantastic that's really yeah. cool very important to have good mentors yeah mm. absolutely uh, was it uh, is it hard to get up to speed with the industry uh, I would say it was a little bit hard to just get on the speed of of the team because everyone is super experienced and I was just like starting off fresh. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, I just took it as a challenge and I just, I, I, I'm, I think I'm doing pretty well. Nice. That's important. <laughs> yeah. That's important. Yeah. Um, how big is the team? Uh, so the whole analytics team is almost 15 people. Oh, so wow. there is like one internal team which focuses on the internal activities. But my team is of four people and a manager. Mm -hmm. We focus mainly on the external side as if like uh, if the client has specific requirement or oh, they want to get this kind of data, they want to see this report. So we have so many clients. So client-specific custom reporting is done by us. Mm. And then there is a separate team of data scientists, uh, and they're like all PhDs. So, so they have their different focus, uh, which is a little more mathematical and statistical. OK, OK, very cool. So tell us yeah. about this um, process of getting the, the job, because you finished your master's not so long ago, right? It's about what, six, yeah. uh, in June, about six months ago. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I graduated in May, mm. and I would say um, to get a job after graduation. Uh, so so like here, I, I would like to like focus more on like uh, getting a job after like the graduation part. Mm -hmm. So, where where did you start? So you graduated. Did you already were you already doing some internship work in the meantime, or were you starting like looking from scratch? Uh, so, oh yeah, absolutely. So I had an internship going on, but apparently, when the internship was getting over, I did not have the assurance whether it's going to get converted into full time. Mm -hmm. So I had to start with my hunt. Mm -hmm. And I would say, to be honest, looking for a job uh, when you are finishing with your graduation, it's, again, a full-time job. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know, you must have, I don't know from how many people you must have heard this, but it takes a lot of time and mm -hmm. effort and a lot of persistence. So it, I would say it took me almost uh, more than four, around four to five months to actually find something that I was looking for. Mm. Okay, so... Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, so you graduated in May, and right. you started looking, right? So you... Uh, 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 no, I actually did... Oh, that would be a very bad thing to do after, like... So I actually started looking uh, in January or February. Oh, like, like six months that... <laughs> before. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Like, you would be surprised. Some people actually started, like, an year in advance. I, I would consider that I started a little late. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Because the early you start and the early you get done with it, so the more relaxed you are and the more you could focus on your graduation and just like celebrating, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. very interesting. And how did you start? So January or February, you're still studying. What what steps mm -hmm. did you take when you say you started looking for a data science job? Mm, I would say the, the, the first step that uh I, I wanted to make sure was 
what exactly that I'm looking for because currently in the industry, there are like so many terms that are just flowing around. Uh, anything related to data, some people call it data science, some people call it data analytics, some people call it business intelligence, some people call it business analyst, and some people just call it analytics consultant. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So there are like so many things. So I had to uh, first understand what exactly it is that I want. Like if it is data science, if I do I want to get too much detail into mathematics and statistics or not? So that was like my first layer of understanding wh- what exactly do I want. Mm-hmm. And after that, I started preparing. Like I, I, I tried to understand what exactly are the factors that are most important for the interviews. What are the things that people are asking in the interviews? Like because, and I, I realized that in the field of analytics, there are like some common things like SQL, Python, Tableau, your data understanding. So I, I try to understand, I just noted down all those things. And then I try to focus on one thing. Like let's say uh, if SQL was the first part, so I will just like give one week just to do whole week of SQL, try to understand everything from basic select clause on all those basics till uh, the advanced SQL and then practice. So this is how my journey was. Mm-hmm. And then once I thought that I'm ready, then I started uh, looking for jobs or like applying for jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So step one is understanding what do I want? Step two, exactly. what are people asking in, uh, in interviews? Right. Specifically the tools. And step exactly. three, applying for jobs. Okay, so yeah. let's go through step one. You, you, data science, as you mentioned, is so broad. You know, like not only are there are different terms for the professionals, from data analysts to business intelligence analysts to data scientists to analytics people, like you said. Right. <laughs> There's actually also a huge scope of different types of work. You can be uh, predominantly focused on data preparation, on modeling, on data presentation, on visualization, um, on storytelling, interpretations. Um, building certain oh. tools and stuff like that. That's that's oh. the scope of um, tasks in, within data science. And also on top of that, there's also a huge variety of industries that you can go into from healthcare to transportation, from banking mm-hmm. to finance and science and whatever else you want. Like pretty much these days, any industry can benefit from a data science, whether that be in marketing, in operations, in finance, and so on. So the question is like, how did you go about all those things? There's so many variables. Like, how did you understand what is it that <laughs> you want to do? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, I, I would say it's a lengthy process. Uh, for me, uh, when I actually came for my master's, all I knew that because uh, before coming for masters, I had worked uh, with SAP uh, in the business intelligence sector. Mm-hmm. So during that time, I knew the importance of reporting and like playing with the data. And I I, I always knew that I want to learn more in that in that field. So when I came for my masters, my main focus was how do I uh, create insights from the data? How like that was my main uh, driving factor. I did not care that much about what industry it is. 
as long as there is data on one side and I'm creating value on the other side, it did not matter what tools are coming into picture or what industry it was. Mm -hmm. So all those things, industry and the tools were secondary. The my my biggest biggest focus was there is data on one side and there is something that I want to I want to find some insight from the data which will be beneficial for that business. So that was my main focus, and then I I went about learning all the tools and techniques that were required to uh, be the middleman to you know translate the message from data into business insights. Okay, interesting. Uh... In in your in your story, I heard a little bit kind of like that you were leaning. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounded like you were leaning more to the visualization side of things. Let's say if we, in a crude way, we break data science into two areas. One would mm -hmm. be modeling and doing you know statistical modeling using packages in R and Python to create logistic regression, Bayesian mm -hmm. inferences, and so on. Versus right. uh, visualization using Tableau, uh, ClickSense. Power BI, Alteryx, all these other tools to mm -hmm. uh, interact with data and actually help people see the data. Would you mm -hmm. say you already knew you were leading towards one or the other back at when you finished university? Uh, no. No. Uh, honestly, not. No. Because um, in my mind, my definition of data scientist was like uh, doing reporting and visualization and all those things, which I really liked. And even though I was a little weak uh, in the machine learning or mar building models, that part, I went ahead and I thought that I know all this part, even though I was a little weak. Uh -huh. But it's like during the application process and during the interviews, it somehow got clear that this is the data science analytics or the data analytics part is where I'm like more interested in and it's like I'm more confident about and I'm not that great about in when it comes to model building or like optimizing uh -huh. yeah interesting so that's what I'm trying to trying to get to that's that so that happened not at uni but that happened through the like job application process that you understood hey I actually prefer this this is more interesting to me this visualization side of things rather than uh, you know, building logistic regressions and other types of models, which which mm -hmm. could be exciting for other people. Yeah. Tell, tell because, us how that happened. Yeah, because I would say, uh, to be honest, at any university or, or at any course, you learn everything related yeah. to data science, right? <laughs> but it's up to you uh, to decide how much do you actually know. And like, even if you know, how much time do you actually want to spend doing that for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. So... I think during the interview process, you, you there are like certain things you just cannot fake it. Either you know it or uh -huh. you just don't know it. Uh -huh. So I think during the interview part, I just started realizing certain things when I was like giving interview. I was super confident about certain things, but when it came to like little mathematical part, I was I could say it, I could understand it, but I could not convey that information with that much confidence. So then I realized like, oh, okay, maybe I am a little more on the analytical part. Like I'm a little more as a, like a business analyst or like a business analyst kind of person who understands everything and who likes talking and who likes uh, interpreting all the results. So that's when that's when I realized mm. what my strengths are. Mm -hmm. Okay, but tell me this then. So I understand like you can go into an interview and you can 
or a couple of them and you can realize, oh, look, I'm really, I, I, for myself, I realize that I'm very confident talking about business intelligence and dashboards and visualization and Tableau and all that stuff. I'm really confident with it. On the mathematical side and the model side, modeling side, I'm not that confident talking about it. And, you know, like, it looks like it's not my strong point. And mm -hmm. I understand the distinction between, okay, this is my strong point. This is not my strong point. But how mm -hmm. do you extrapolate that and put it into, this is what I love and this is what I don't love? Like, because maybe your weak point, or for somebody going into interview, they might find that that's their weak point, but actually they just need to learn more and then they'll be good at it. And that's indeed what they love. So how do you go from strong, weak to love and want to do for my career or for the foreseeable future? And no, I don't, I'm not really that interested in building a career mm -hmm. around that. Okay. So uh, I would say with that, um, I, I did like a small test on myself. I just asked myself about my strong points. The reason why I was strong at that is probably because I had spent time uh, doing those things because I was genuinely interested in. And all the weak points, I always had time, but I just never dig deeper into it maybe because I, I i was not that much interested mm. in it even though it was there in the back of my head but i just don't want it to get too much into details of of those things like uh, for example in data science we have l1 l2 normalization like so we know like this is how it works but there are like some people who are like machine learning engineers they can they like to derive those things uh, on on the mathematical part, but mm. I was just never interested in it, and I, I realized that uh, it's better to like uh, it's like if if I don't want to know those things from the bottom up, like from scratch, then maybe I'm not the best fit for that, you know. So let's just focus on the things which I I'm really genuinely genuinely interested in, and I think that's how uh, I figured it out. That's very cool. So. That that's that's important that there was that self inquiry where you stop right. and ask yourself. Very cool. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and I think it's a it's a great um, example to follow for those starting out into data science. Like <laughs> data science is has so many different faces. Like right. just just getting yeah. a data job job as I want a job as a data scientist. You might end up doing like you say something you don't like. You're not best fitted for right. and there. And therefore, like you will maybe get a high-paying job, amazing, but you want to be happy in your role, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like I would say there are like a lot of jobs, and like you just don't have to set like it doesn't have to depend on the title. So just like try to look for like what the company is offering in the job description, and then decide accordingly if you are actually suited for it. Because I have seen some data analyst or business analyst job positions which had uh, all the model building machine learning and optimization part which was equivalent to a machine learning engineer so like you cannot just go with the title yeah sometimes they yeah. don't they the companies don't know themselves what they exactly what they're describing yeah exactly. very very true um, yeah yeah okay so what I, what else? The other thing I wanted to ask you is um, these interviews. So you said like you were getting an interview here, an interview there. Like, how did you get these interviews? Some like some people struggle with that. It's it's even hard to get an interview in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
uh, I would talk about like how you could get called from like some of the big companies or like how at least my personal experience with that. It's uh, honestly, it is not easy to get called from like any company, like not just, just the big companies, but like any company because you have to go through a lot of resume polishing. And I would say it took me almost uh, seven to eight months or like probably more than that to even get my resume noticed by the recruiters. Mm. So to start that process was uh, when I actually started my master's program and like I was looking for internship. That was the first time I actually did some like I I drafted my first uh, resume and then there were like probably more than 100 revisions to that resume too. (laughs) Because it definitely makes a lot of difference. Some people say you got to put it as a PDF. Some people say, oh, make it Word. Or some people say use Calibri format. Some say Arial format. There are like so many choices. And it just takes a lot of time to revise, revise, revise. And one day, it will hit and you're like, ah, this thing is working. So you just like keep applying with that resume. But after some days, it you'll have to change that too. Mm. So, yeah. So uh, my uh, approach or like, or like my suggestions to apply for like uh, any companies or like especially big companies or to get call, uh, step one would be try to uh, join in as an intern so for that, you got to start as early as possible. Like, let's say for if you uh, want to start an internship at Google uh, in summer 2020, their application process starts almost one year in advance. So probably in, uh, in July or August, their process starts. So you got to try to get your hands in as early as possible. And the reason why I'm trying to uh, secure your spot as an intern is because almost, I think, 80% of the people who join in as an intern, they get a full-time offer. Like all my friends, including myself, we all had like full-time offers, which got converted from an internship. And even if it doesn't give you a full-time opportunity, you have made all the necessary contacts to get back in. So Mm. I think that would be my... First so, suggestion. Sorry, so let's let's um, let me understand this a bit better. You got you were an intern at Smart Drive Systems before. Uh, no, I was an intern at a different company. Oh, and you got a full time offer. It's, yeah, at somewhere else. But and then you chose not to take it. I, I, yeah, I, I did not take it because of some reasons. I had uh, uh, because I had already worked with my internship company for almost one year. Uh-huh. So, and there were like some visa obligations, so I had to make a switch to different Oh, visa obligations. Okay, you had to switch. Yes. Yeah, because they were not sponsoring, so I had to Mm -hmm. uh, switch to some other company. And my previous internship company was more of like a uh, Mm -hmm. startup. Mm -hmm. Is it hard in general for um, non-US citizens to get a a job in data science? (laughs) It's not a data science job. It's just job in general. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I would say there are like so many parameters. Uh, like you need to find a job at a company which is e-verified. Then you got to find a job which is relevant to your program of study. Then you got to find job with the company who's willing to sponsor you. 
So there are like so many, and then you got to find a job within a specific time period from your graduation. So there are like so many factors. So yeah. <laughs> it's definitely hard, but uh, everyone can make it. Like that hard work is something that polishes you. So yeah, yeah, that's it's, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that was just like the suggestion one. Uh, so tip two is try to apply for uh, college graduate positions. Uh, almost a, a lot of companies and like most of the big companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon, they all have graduate positions which open uh, like eight to 10 months before the graduation. So like, let's say if you're graduating again in like, let's say summer 2020, these positions open around uh, August or somewhere during that time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who apply for those positions will get a call because of the, the cohort size is very small. Like in the whole United States, or let's say if the company is hiring in California, there may be thousand students or like probably less than that in that particular cohort, right? Mm -hmm. So there is a high chance of people getting a call. And Th that is the one thing that really worked for me. I got a call from Facebook and Microsoft. Wow. I, I did not convert it. That's a different thing. <laughs> why? Why? But so I you went did. to the interview. <laughs> yes, I went into the interview. I, I will I will come to the part of like why I did not yeah, yeah. clear it in the mistakes part. Uh, but uh, as a college graduate position, you uh, there is a high likelihood that you will get a call from uh, these companies. Because wow. as I said, the, the cohort size is very slow. Oh very man, you're low, just slow. you're just like describing my <laughs> my life as well, like and also <laughs> also making me like um, making it feel less less impressive. Because uh, I I got I did the same thing. I went uh, uh, for um, an internship uh, when I was back at doing my masters. I did an internship at Deloitte. Uh, mm -hmm. in data science and I did an internship at Ernst & Young in accounting oh, and nice. uh, hello for, to everyone who is listening from there and then I joined as a graduate as you said I applied for the graduate position and the internship thing <laughs> helps with the graduate position uh, I joined as a graduate in uh, at Deloitte and yeah and then after that that got converted to an analyst role full-time and so on but like i oh. back in the day i thought oh i'm so special you know like i got a call from deloitte <laughs> now you're saying like everybody gets this call uh, uh, i'm sorry that's that, okay that's okay this the is, truth this is, this the is, truth is what... <laughs> but this is what i've observed yeah uh, as i said like it's 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 you will get a call because the the, pe the amount of people that are applying for the position is pretty low and yeah they have specific recruiters just to hire from the college. Yeah. So the possibility of you getting a call is uh, very likely. But again, uh, a, a lot of students are at a different point of their preparation of interview. So that could really affect. So with me, mm -hmm. I got these calls when I had just started applying and just started preparing. Mm -hmm. and i was not prepared at all ah, so i'm like okay. oh damn because and i did not expect <laughs> this is the underestimating factor i did not expect or anticipate to get a call uh -huh. yeah gotcha. <laughs> so i thought maybe i'm not even gonna get a call so i just applied and then and in a few weeks they reached out to me i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay 
So, yeah. so, so maybe I was just like a little underprepared. Yeah. So I, I will talk a little bit more in detail later. But yeah. yeah. So this was like the take, to, like the tip two. Uh-huh. Uh, third tip would be try to reach out to recruiters in career fair or conferences like DSGO or uh-huh. like there is other conferences like ODSC, yeah. then GH, uh, Grace Hopper conference. These are like a uh, few famous confer- conferences here in the United States that I'm aware of. Yeah, uh, You get to uh, meet a lot of people and a lot of recruiters at, uh, at career fairs as well as the conferences. Yeah. There is a possibility that you will not find a job that you are looking for at that particular time, but you may find a person who knows some other person who has an opening and networking can be the key in that particular aspect. So don't be shy. Just go on there and say hello. You never know how that one connection will help you out in future. So this is like one, this is Mm. tip number three. How did uh, networking help you? Uh, I would say I got my internship through networking and Mm. then I got to like whenever I was preparing for some interviews for some big companies and I did not know about anyone. So from networking, I could ask some some of my mutual connections for help. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So so just just to give you one quick example, like for my internship, um, I think it was around... Uh, so internship generally start in in before summer, like around summertime, like yeah. around in May, May or like early June. Yeah. And I started my internship search pretty late. Again, you know, some things I just don't prioritize. Like, <laughs> job <laughs> sounds like a pattern with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I you know, you know, it's uh, it's uh, Christmas coming up very soon. Have you started preparing <laughs> for that? <laughs> uh, not yet. <laughs> Probably on twenty fourth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, like yeah. for internship as well, I start a little late, and uh, I remember I was little, uh, very anxious. It was April, and everyone everyone was telling that their internship is starting in like may or like early june and i'm like oh my god <laughs> and uh, i remember um in april there was just in time career fair here in san diego as the name suggests just <laughs> in time <laughs> it should be called career fair for her shawl <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like holy <laughs> that's for me and and I, I remember I was literally walking out of that career fair that, oh, my God, I, I'm, I don't have anything here because all the jobs were for sales and marketing. Yeah. And then I remember I saw this company called Chapmeter with whom I interned. So uh, they, have, they, ha- they were hiring only for sales and marketing. But I just liked their logo. And I just went and I started talking. And I think I, I talked with their VP of sales and we had a good chat. And he asked for my resume, and I'm like, "Yeah, fine." Everyone just asks for a resume. No one gives a call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, I just gave him my resume, and then like, few, after a few weeks, he's like, "Hey, we have a sales intern position open." And I'm like, "Come on, man! I don't want sales position." Like, yeah. and then I was like, "How bad would it be? I'll just at least you know take the pick up the call." Yeah. And then I I pick up the call and he's he's explaining everything for data analyst position oh. in the sales department. That's oh. why they were calling, <laughs> and that's why they were calling it a sales intern. And I'm like, holy! Shit. 
You see, and like they, they sometimes <laughs> they don't know what they how to call these positions. Yeah, exactly. Because apparently they had a lot of data getting accumulated in the sales department, uh-huh. and not everyone were aware what to do with it. So I think that was like my first step. And so this is again networking. I got my internship through networking. Right? Wow! I did. I did not even see that coming, and I had such a great experience. I learned. Uh, Salesforce, Power BI, Python, so many things at that uh, company. I'm like, I'm thankful for that. And all that came from one one conversation, <laughs> random conversation you had, random not even con- at the data science fair. Exactly, exactly. So that's why I was like, no matter like where you are, just go say hello. You never know. Mm. No, yeah. I I get it now. Why you come to the data science go all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and being yeah. a volunteer, that also puts you like in a in a position of power. You're like, yeah, I can guide you to to that uh, lecture theater. Oh, by the way, do you have a business card? Oh my god, <laughs> I, I I should not reveal my secrets here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, awesome, awesome, really cool. Well, great tips, great tips. So, yeah. so let's recap uh, uh, on what we have so far. Yeah, so so th- there was like one more I missed on. Oh, okay, uh, and, sure. And then the fourth one is, uh, so these three were like mainly you could do when you're in a university, but other than that, you could also try tapping into your alumni network mm-hmm. or just like mutual, ne- like random mutual network. Like let's say, oh, I want to work in company XYZ. And uh-huh. I see some person uh, at that company who's connected to one of my friend. So yeah. try to find uh, that, try to just connect those dots mm-hmm. and try to get a referral from that because referral does work and you will get a call and you will be prioritized based off a referral. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So, I, I, um, <clears throat> I heard that about 70% of jobs are actually filled through referrals. Yeah, yeah, because I realized something. Uh, I don't know how much of that is true. That they have a separate uh, portal, one for referral, like all the applications that are coming through referrals. So they are gonna have a look at it first, and if they are not finding what they're looking for from the referrals, then they will look at uh, a big pool of applications that that are coming just out of nowhere. Absolutely, it's absolutely true. Yeah. And Deloitte, that was exactly the the process. There was a you know, if you knew somebody submitted through um, through the system inside the system, so it's a very different process. And in fact, it was so important to the company, like they they valued the referrals so much that yeah. they paid they paid five thousand bucks. <laughs> not not yeah, kidding, five thousand yeah. dollars if yeah, you I refer believe, someone. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. All you have to pay tax on that, so in the end, it's like three and a half thousand. But still, three and a half thousand bucks you get in your pocket just for yeah. referring a friend. Yeah, it's it's literally like a broker. Like if you sell this one particular house, you get like ten percent, mm-hmm, something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me a bit about this alumni network, because I'm I'm <clears throat> an alumni from two universities, one in Russia, one in Australia, but I never actually stay in touch with the. Uh, alumni or never like participate in any of these things. I don't know. I just like never got into the habit of it. Never so valued. Have you ever done anything with uh, your like university alumni? Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, uh, I did not do anything proactively, but I did it when there was like a need. Like uh-huh. 
let's say if I I had some like let's say if on LinkedIn I see this some um, opening in let's say Google. Yeah. And I see that I have a mutual connection or like a random connection through SDSU, like because I studied at SDSU here yeah. in San Diego. And I see that, oh, there is some person who did the same thing or like who studied from the same school. So I don't know, subconsciously, I think that that person would have some empathy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would like try pinging him like, hey, like this is a fellow grad student from your school, a fellow Aztec. So Aztec is a mascot for uh -huh. SDSU. Uh -huh. So I'll just like start a conversation like that. And then I'll tell them like, oh, I'm just graduating. Or like, I wanted to know more about this particular job position. Would you have some time to talk about it? Like, I just want to know about your experience so far. Again, here I'm not asking directly for referring me. I'm just trying to know that person well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and most of the time it was like the people were not interested in talking. They would be like, oh, just give me your email address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, because they also know they're going to get paid if this guy gets paid. Ah, okay, that's how yeah. Because it's like, it's a win-win, like, so. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay, very useful. So, yeah, so uh, I'll just like summarize. So mm -hmm. like the four things that I said was like, first one is like try to join in as an intern, start early as possible. Second thing was like try to apply for college graduate positions. Uh -huh. Third thing is try to reach out to recruiters at career fairs or conferences. And the fourth thing is try to tap into your alumni network or some random mutual network for some referrals. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Fantastic. Okay, let's move on to the next step. Uh, so, all right, yeah. you got the interview. How do you prepare? Okay, so here comes the big part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, first and foremost is you need to read the job description very carefully, and you need to understand what exactly is it that they're asking for. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say if a job description tells you that you need at least two years of SQL experience, then make sure that you know everything from basics of SQL, like let's say basic join or aggregation function to complex joins and window functions, uh -huh. because they are mentioning it's two, at least two years of experience. So do you so need you the two years? <clears throat> uh, to be honest, it totally depends on the company I did not have a professional SQL experience, but I I did do well uh, at some of the interviews, which said we want at least three years of experience and something like that. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So I would say you don't definitely need two years of professional working experience as long as you can come up to the speed of a two-year pro experience professional, you know? Yeah. Because currently from the internet, you could learn so much. So I think everyone can come up to anyone's speed. So as I said, like if the position says you need two years of experience, you don't, don't like, even if you don't have it, you need to be mentally prepared to have that much amount of experience is what uh, I'm saying. Gotcha. So you kind of like, you can, <clears throat> from the number of years they're requesting, you can gauge oh, how advanced do I need to be and then just get up to speed with that. Number. Exactly, exactly. Now, because some people would just say a, a familiarity with SQL. So they will not ask you more than, oh, so what is the level of hierarchy of SQL uh, function or like SQL script? So yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, 
Uh, yeah, so that's like the number one thing, like try to read the job description very carefully. Then second thing is research most frequently asked interview questions. You could uh -huh. start off with Google or Glassdoor uh -huh. or sometimes Reddit also helps. Uh -huh. <clears throat> so there are like a lot of people who are just like you, who either went through interview process. With just that particular company? Uh, yes, with that particular company, uh, you will most of the time find something either on Glassdoor or uh, some individual random blogs. If you just Google it on, uh, uh, I mean, if you just Google it, like let's say, yeah, if I had an interview with Facebook, I'll be like, oh, Facebook data analyst, more interview questions. And yeah. You will find something. Yeah. And it's, especially, it's not that, Sorry, especially for big companies, right? Like they yeah. have stand like standardized processing. When I was going for my graduate interview, or actually for my internship interview, I think, at Deloitte, I did the same as you said, literally like the day before. Obviously, you should do it earlier, <laughs> but I, I'm like, yeah. I'm in the Herschel camp. <laughs> I, I wait till the last minute. But I, yeah. I did just like one Google search. I found this forum, which is quite popular in Australia. It's called the Whirlpool Forums. And there, somebody actually described the whole process. And Basically, not that I got access to questions or anything like that. I just got familiar with the process in terms of psychologically. Yeah. And right. for instance, for me, it was like, you rock up, there will be a laptop, there'll be like, you know, a room where 20 mm -hmm. of you will sit, there'll be laptops, and this will be this exercise where you'll get these emails and you need to reply right. to these emails. Make sure to reply like calmly and in order of that they're coming in because they will just like, it's a, it's a stress test. So like I knew in advance that hey, what am I gonna be? What should I be prepared for? So I absolutely right. agree, man. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's not just like the big companies for which you will get it, but you will be surprised that even for some small companies, you will find some insight. Like uh, just to give you an example, there was this one local company here in San Diego that I interviewed for, and on Google somewhere, uh, I found a blog which talked about them that they keep a secret uh, aptitude test mm. <laughs> before the in-person interview even starts. And mm. I was like, ah, come on, these people are maybe just joking. But, you know, on a safer side, it, I always had that on back of my head. Mm -hmm. So they had given some sample questions and I just kind of prepared for those. And I, I took some more sample questions from one of the websites which that person recommended. And they did ask me after to take an aptitude test. And I'm like, holy yeah. And wow. So it's like you never know uh, what will work out. And having said that, all the uh, questions which you will find online are absolutely not going to be the questions which an interviewer will ask you. But you will get an idea of like what to expect or like what the level of uh, uh, expertise will be required, you know. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And yeah. And the third uh thing to for preparing is try to reach out to people uh who are having the job title in the company in which you are going to interview. Like let's say if I had a call from company XYZ uh for a data analyst position, I will try to find some mutual connection on LinkedIn or some through some other friend and see if it that company XYZ, if there is some other analytical person who's working. So from that person, I can understand how the interview process actually happens. 
and that person would give me a new perspective and like maybe that person would also calm me down like to take it easy you know yeah <clears throat> that's that's good yeah and uh, uh i think i have like two more like the full, yeah uh, the next one is obviously like try to reach out to some mutual network connection uh and uh, the last one the most important thing is how to prepare the content <laughs> yeah so this was more of like getting to know like uh and getting familiar but you can you will always have to put effort in the actual content so uh, for data analytics uh i have like few uh, fundamental uh content topics the first one is obviously sql uh uh-huh. I, I personally i believe sql is very important and essential because any company you go to they're going to have a relational database and they and as a data person you need to first your first step is to extract the data and i think sql there is nothing more important than sql i, I believe mm-hmm. so you got to be very confident with sql uh, some of the things that helped me out were few of the courses which i took here at sdsu were focused on sql but i learned a lot online from coursera sql for data science that course was really good mm-hmm. and i also practiced from hackerank and mode mode.com mm-hmm. so again like i'm not like sponsored by anyone i'm just sharing my personal experience that helped me <laughs> mm-hmm. and so this was for sql uh the second was python for python i think uh Py- uh python.org is really good and uh analytics with there was really good mm-hmm. yeah it's good Then, he also has a sql stuff oh yeah uh, yeah but it's like yeah some people would find sql stuff really good over there but i think maybe you know for me uh, for sql uh the mm-hmm. coursera thing worked well you know so it's mm-hmm. again like a personal preference Mm-hmm. Uh so SQL done Python done then for R uh I I I learned a lot from the book ISLR that's mm-hmm. uh, introduction to statistical learning in R mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people also are finding uh Matt Dancho's coursework uh uh really good and yeah. it's just like people really focus on you meet on Matt R. Dancho at uh, Oh yeah absolutely let's go <laughs> Yes how cool was that So you knew about even, him before that. Yeah, right? I even went out for like food, like uh, drinks and food with him. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, my so, Dutch's stuff is really good. Um you can find it. What is it? Business science. Business LLC, science. Right? Yeah, business science. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually um, I I'm talking to Matt. So um Adlan and I we are talking to Matt about a new business opportunity and mm-hmm. uh I'm planning on inviting him to the podcast maybe like January February 2020 so that we can mm-hmm. uh discuss but there's like if this if we pull it off is going to be something really cool we're going to start a really cool new place where people can learn but you're right Matt is yeah. amazing his his art is great yeah be- because I think uh it was uh, DSGO 2018 where mm-hmm. I sat uh at one of his classwork um uh, because like I remember like yeah workshop which happens on Friday So I remember sitting for his workshop where he was trying to predict defaults, credit defaults using R and it was super powerful and the way he taught it it just made it look so easy and I'm like wow. <laughs> yeah. So I think he he's also doing a really good job there. 
Yeah. So then the next part is machine learning. So for machine learning, uh, most of the stuff I learned was from my classwork, but uh, for others, they there is a lot of content. One of the famous course is by Andrew Ng on Coursera, which is uh -huh. free. Then Analytics Vidya has a lot of topics on machine learning, which simplifies a lot of things. And even Randy's uh, website, cloud.ml, is also a really one-stop solution. Lau, right? Yeah, Randy Lau. Did you meet Randy like, Lau at years ago, 2018? <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. You, you met be, all your heroes. <laughs> you would be surprised. Like uh, a lot of people were thought that I'm uh, because I was like hanging out with Randy. They started asking me data science question. I was like, I'm not there yet, guys. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So that was like for machine learning. <clears throat> And the next thing is, in general, data warehouse and business intelligence. Uh, because I believe like even if you're applying for data science or data engineering, a data warehouse and business intelligence concept are really important. So mm -hmm. I think Ralph Kimball book called The Data Warehouse Toolkit mm -hmm. is uh, very good. And the last thing is uh, metrics and A-B testing. For that, we have a free course by, offered by Udacity. And it, I think it's in collaboration with Google. Wow. Uh, that's a good thing. And now, if you think you are prepared with SQL, Python, or machine learning, data warehousing, business intelligence, metrics, et cetera, et cetera, and if you want to practice the interviews, then you could go on to LeadCode. Mm -hmm. Uh, they have paid as well as free membership. And uh, there is also another website called as PRAMP, P-R-A-M-P. Mm -hmm. And it literally stands for Practice Makes Perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so over there, uh, a lot of people in the software industry, they practice, uh, they do PRAMP because they, pra they, they want to practice coding rounds. But I think they have also started data science uh, mm -hmm. Uh, mock interviews over there as well. Mm -hmm. So I would say LeetCode and Pramp, they're really good for practicing your interview skills. And obviously, you could also try to Google most commonly asked questions for company XYZ. So these are my uh, five takes for preparing. Fantastic. <laughs> Do you want me to summarize yeah, yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> if, if you could summarize them. That's really yeah, cool. so... Yeah, so like just to summarize it, the step one would be to understand job description very carefully and see what they're exactly asking for. Mm -hmm. Second thing, research the most frequently asked questions to understand the level of intensity of with which you could expect the questions. Third thing is try reaching out to people or your mutual uh, network on LinkedIn or through other friends and see if they if you have some mutual connection or working in the company where you are being interviewed just to understand how mm -hmm. the process goes. Mm -hmm. And the fifth thing is obviously the content for data analytics is more focused on SQL, business intelligence, Python. Uh, and I did not mention Tableau, Power BI and all those things because they are important as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but and if it is like more focus on data science roles, then you got to focus more on machine learning part and like understanding data and like logic and statistics and all mm -hmm. those aspects. Oh, I also missed out on statistics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, very important. Where did you learn statistics? 
statistics, I would say I had a very uh, good teacher uh, in, in my program. I, mm -hmm. I learned from there. And I think uh, I also had taken one course somewhere online. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'm very cool. Very cool description. Thanks so much. I, I'm a bit surprised <coughs> you didn't, in all those things, didn't mention any of our courses. Do you know that we do courses at Superior Science as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's why I said I forgot to mention the Tableau part. Ah, yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, I think I was introduced to Tableau by you. Oh, and okay. taken your course like the first time. I think it was January 2018. It was my uh, winter break. That was the first time I got introduced to Tableau. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's when I started stalking you or following you. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> okay, I got to see this person. So. Yeah. And okay. so yeah, that's when I knew. Like, so I think I, I I got to know about you from Udemy. Like, yeah, that's right. First that's right. Uh, Tableau course. And and I think my second course I, I took of you was the machine learning A to Z. That was oh, really okay. good as well. Yeah, I cool, think it okay, was cool. you and Hedlin. Yeah, yeah, Hedlin, yeah. Yeah, you and Hedlin, yeah. Yeah, that's So cool. I think those were the courses, um, and that's how I got introduced. That's awesome, yeah. man. That's awesome. Uh, I'm, I was just asking because I wanted to, like, in case you hadn't seen them, um, that could be, like, an oh. additional resource. But have uh -uh. you seen them? No. Awesome. Uh -uh. Yeah. Awesome. I and, mean, um, that's how I, I would say, like, that's how I got introduced, and then I learned, and then you know, like I, I it's like oh, I forgot to mention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All because good. it was like long time back. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, the other thing I want to say that is a really comprehensive outline of how your first one was how to apply, second one is how to prepare. I'll actually just add that um, when you go to the interview, make sure mm -hmm. you have a question for the company, right? Like. That's the worst thing. Like when I interview people who are applying for jobs at Super Data Science, I'm like, at the end, I always ask, like, do you have any questions for me? This is the one time when you should be asking them. And when people say right. no, I'm like, how, like, how boring <laughs> is that? You know, you don't care enough about yeah. the place you'll be working at. Obviously, right. you should have questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, what I was saying is very comprehensive. <laughs> you should write a blog post and publish it on Medium about all this. Um, it's a really cool yeah. overview. I, I, you know, I tend to be lazy with all those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> man, yeah. yeah, that's what I was like. I was like super happy. Like when you restart, I was like, yay! I'm gonna, gonna get off my content out. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's very good. And and we will write up like a, like a show notes for this episode, which um, you know, like uh, people can go and download all this all the materials you mentioned, get all the links, so they don't have to remember all the links now. Um, oh, yeah, and, and probably maybe like sometime I'll like uh, check with you guys or like Ashwin. Maybe I'll just like at one of the meetup I'll just present all this stuff. That's a good idea. That's a very good <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah, um, Let's quickly go over the mistakes. You said oh, you yeah. had some mistakes that you could share. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think this is one of the uh, most important part because obviously these are the mistakes which I've done and like most of my colleagues have done. And like if I could tell like one the people then you know they're like more cautious and they would not do it yeah so uh the number one mistake was don't wait till the last moment to get the application out it's like most of the time uh you will just lose onto an opportunity if you just wait too long yeah as i said like uh for all most of the big companies uh their internship slot opens almost one year in advance 
And the college graduate position opens like almost more than like six to eight months in advance. So don't wait till the last moment. Obviously, like most of the companies are hiring throughout the year, but there are like certain things like internship or college grad positions. They get filled up super fast and they are like the easy way in. Because as a college grad, the the amount of questions that will be asked to you are obviously going to be less than uh, if it will be asked for an experienced professional. So uh-huh. don't wait till the last moment and uh, don't uh, try to uh, don't also wait for prepar- like preparation till the end moment. Like always, I think what I did was. I always prepared, 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 and then I started applying. Uh-huh. But everyone can do it the other way as well. Like, just be prepared. And then no matter which company gives you a call, you're always ready. Uh-huh. So so I think, like, with me, what happened with Facebook was, like, I applied in December, exactly last year, mm-hmm. like, early December, and I got a call during Christmas time. Like, mm-hmm. I, no, I, I could have never anticipated that, right? And yeah. so... It's always ready to be prepared, and so you got the call, and then what? You like you failed on the call, or you went to the interview, and then that didn't work. Uh, so uh, I, I think I did not clear after the second round. So you did yeah. go to the interview. Oh yeah, 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 I did go to the interview. Okay. Uh, so I think I, I just did some horrible things in the coding round what did you so, do horrible so so that will so that so that's the mistake number two yeah so the mistake number two is don't uh, underestimate your potential <laughs> <laughs> so most of the time what happens is like uh in from big companies you will be you will get a call and uh, the inter like the recruiter will tell that your interview is set up with person xyz he has a PhD in statistics from Stanford. Mm. <laughs> and by default, it's a human nature. Like you have always heard about Stanford, MIT, and all those big names, Ivy Leagues. And it's a human nature to like feel like m- just feeling inferior. Mm-hmm. And I think I somehow underestimated me. And I always thought that even if that person is going to ask me a simple question, it's going to be complex. So yeah. I think that was one thing that I learned from my Facebook interview. Even though if I look at the, their questions now, I'll be laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at that point, I was just like, I, I underestimated myself. And even though it was a simple question, I thought that it's complex. And I tried to use window functions, even though it was not required. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just blew it off. And mm-hmm. so it's, again, a learning. It was, I think, my first interview when I started Mm. Uh, applying for jobs. What what was the question? Uh, it I think it was somewhere on the lines of aggregation. In SQL. I think in SQL, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's like all, most of the companies they have basic uh, format like oh I want to know on a daily basis what is my uh, X Y Z measure. So can you do that? So they will just give you a bunch of transactions and they just want to do. They want to know a percentage of a measure or like something along those lines. So I think most of the interviews that I've gone to, they will ask uh, questions along these lines. But as I said, I was in the beginning phase and I was so much, I was inundated with knowledge 
So <laughs> even though it was a simple question, I was like, mm, I'm going to try to impress them with a window function. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I blew it up. But it's, again, a learning. So it's fine. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay, and, so that's two tips. Any more? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I have a couple more. Mm -hmm. uh, the next thing is don't get stuck or obsessed with one thing. Uh, what I've uh, seen with a lot of people is that they uh, try, they have like certain set of goals in their mind, which are most of the times company specific. Like they think that, oh, if I, if I make it to company XYZ, then I will be successful. Then I will be worth. And they just get stuck and they just get obsessed with that thing. And let's say if they don't make it through the interview, they get depressed. So I would say one thing, one tip is like, don't get obsessed with the company or our position. Try to get obsessed with your job and try to find happiness and in the quality of work, which you will do regardless of the company or uh, the industry that you're working in. And one day, eventually your work will get you where you want to go. Mm, very, That's very my solid personal advice. take. I yeah. like that. Uh, then the next one is don't try to compare yourself with others. <laughs> mm. This is a most common mistake done in college. Uh, one thing that we like all the people who are in college or were just graduating, the most important thing that they should understand is like everyone is at a different level in their life or like in, in their level of expertise. Some people are coming from engineering backgrounds, so they are by default gonna be good in coding some people are coming from a non-engineering background so they, they maybe are good in presentation or some other parts so don't try to compare yourself with others and just try to focus on your own path if, if someone is like uh, succeeding uh, at a higher pace than you just try to learn from them and don't try to compare or like be jealous of that person because mm -hmm. it's just waste of energy and emotions but just try to learn from that person and don't compare mm, but how's that relevant to an interview uh i would say it's it's very important because i would say as a grad student an interview process it's like a rat race it's like everyone is trying to make it big right so like let's say if I get a call, or like if I make it to a big company, let's say like Google, and like if like if if one of my best friend makes it to a Google, and if I am not making it to a, a company which is as good as that or a company on the similar level, then I will always have like a dissatisfaction. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Within me, so that's why I always say that don't try to compare because it's just gonna make your life uh, sour. So, mm -hmm. or the relationships are so mm -hmm. that's one thing like don't try to compare yourself mm -hmm. with others just try to fight your own war mm -hmm. and uh, then another thing with uh, finding a job or internship is try to not get burned down <laughs> so mm -hmm. a lot of grad students what happens at the end of graduation is they are super overwhelmed with a lot of things like their graduation project, their thesis. Then they also know that if they're international, they also know that they need to find a job within three months of graduation. Then they have to find a job which is gonna sponsor them. Oh, then they realize, oh, we have so much education loans. So 
yeah, a lot of my friends, including myself, we got burned down like because we we started overworking and we started ignoring all the things we like we used to enjoy like we stopped hanging out we stopped going to a park or like a gym so we stopped doing all the activities that would actually would make us happy and we would just work 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 and we all had reached a point where we were like oh we can't feel anything because we all got burned down <laughs> so i would say even though like uh, finding a job or like applying for interviews or preparing for interview even though it's a full-time job try to balance it out with doing all the things which you enjoy because that is going to make you more focused and you will not feel overwhelmed with everything mm-hmm. wonderful yeah. great advice yeah. and i think the last one is uh try talking to uh, like-minded people uh, what I mean by that is, uh, you are not the only person who is applying for a job or like who's looking, who's out there. It's not a solo fight. Uh, there are a lot of people uh, who are looking for a job where you could reach out to them in your college or like uh, uh, on LinkedIn. So this just kind of gives you a sense of not fighting a, a war alone. Mm-hmm. And somehow I feel, I don't know the scientific fact behind it, but sharing does help you out and you just know that you're not the only person who's being miserable right now (laughs) Mm. interesting but aren't you like competing with those other people so why would you share and you know like isn't that shooting yourself in the foot uh i would say what i mean by sharing is more of like uh like how you are feeling in general like how caught up are you Mm. in the job market like uh, and it's it's fine like if like a lot of people like when they get a call from this particular company they do not share until they make it mm-hmm. and and I'm not asking you to share uh, with everyone like let's say if you get a call like you got to tell the whole world but you will always have that one person that you could rely on like mm-hmm. your buddy or your ally like mm-hmm. try to share with that person everyone would have that person mm-hmm. so who, who, who's not going to judge them or who's not who's going to be happy for you like so support like to, em- yeah. emotional mental support person yeah yeah you yeah, you could you could call that so mm-hmm. because like uh, as i said like during like uh, you or me myself will not feel it at this moment but I know like when you are uh, you're walking down the graduation ceremony and you have so many things on your head, people do get overwhelmed with a lot of things. So this thing definitely helps. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. How, how are you feeling now? Now that you have a job, you're all kind of like secure, <laughs> safe. I, I'm, I'm just chilling. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just chilling way too much now. Like I need to because. I had decided that till end of this year, like I just want to relax, like just appreciate what whatever that I've accomplished so far. Yeah. So like even when I like come for the conference, I did not have any goal in my mind. Yeah. I was just there to like help people out, and like if someone was like coming and like reaching out to me, I was just helping them out. Uh, I actually had a. <laughs> very funny story um there were like a bunch of students that were explain like they were discussing something related to um uh some tableau or like something related to sql and they were like stuck at some part and i overheard and i gave my input and they're like oh my god how do you know we thought you're just a volunteer and i'm like go home guys I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, it's like, yeah, uh, I, I just, I'm, I would say I'm, I'm like, I'm doing like really great at this point. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So j- just to summarize, like few of the mistakes to avoid is uh, first, like don't wait till the last moment. Second yeah. thing is don't procrastinate for application as well as preparation. Then don't get stuck or obsessed with one thing. Fourth thing is don't compare yourself with others. Fifth is don't under or overestimate your potential and never miss an opportunity. Uh, sixth thing is don't get burned down. And seventh thing is try talking to like-minded people. And I ho- I wish everyone a good luck with all their job process. Fantastic, <laughs> my friend. Thank you so much. Very very thorough overview of how to apply specifically for grads we'll make sure to mention that in the podcast title so that it's it's the like people who know who are like graduating right now listen to this um i think you've probably helped a lot of people by sharing thanks so much yeah absolutely because i know that if i have been through this and i know there are like so many grad students here in states as well as in canada and europe and if i could feel this like uh, and like a lot of my colleagues and friends, they went through the same thing. Then it's pretty sure everyone is going to go through the same, uh, uh, you know, things. So I was like, it's, it's, I need to go out there and like share this content. Fantastic. Fantastic. And is it okay for people to get in touch with you if they have any follow up questions? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like you can share my LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty. Um, I'm not that frequent at this point, but I will be frequent <laughs> now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Very cool. So we'll definitely put that in the show notes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Um, what are your plans for Christmas, New Year's? Uh, to be honest, I just were, I had just gone for a, a small vacation for like three weeks on the East Coast. Small vacation? Three weeks? <laughs> My friends, <laughs> that is a luxury. <laughs> I can't afford myself ever three weeks. That's crazy. Sorry, not three, two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> Small vacation. What is your big vacation like? It's a one month. I, I think you're kind of like misunderstanding this whole full time employment thing. <laughs> I know you're new to it, but <laughs> there's no more three month holiday during the summer. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I think I have some Italian jeans. You know, like yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Oh, man. So. So I, I, I don't, uh, and the only reason why I did that is because I had like a big Thanksgiving week, like uh-huh. which was off uh-huh. and I took like another few days here and there. So I got like almost two weeks off. That's a really cool company. To... Like you've only been there four months and you're already getting <laughs> three weeks off. <laughs> it's crazy. <man. laughs> hey, because I put in a lot of work. Okay. Yeah, it's good. No, no, I'm not judging. It's good. It's good. Oh, no, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a really cool company. Like, it's like everyone is like super supportive. And so, yeah, it's nice. like as long as like I'm, I'm getting my job done and everything is organized, it's, it's fine. That's very cool. You should bring some of your colleagues to Dedesans Go next year. Oh yeah, awesome. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hit me up. Yeah. We'll we'll arrange something. It would be cool to get your team there. Maybe your boss. Maybe you'll find some more. Um, if you're growing the team, you'll find some more people to join the company there. Oh yeah, 
Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, as I was saying, like for Christmas, uh, there is nothing specific planned because I just came back from vacation. And I, I uh, fun fact is, like on on my vacation on the East Coast, I saw snow for the first time. Oh wow! Congrats! <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Well, my friend, thank you so much for coming on the show for sharing all the insights. What a pleasure! Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me on the show, and I look forward to meeting you at DSGO 2020. Yeah, November 2020. I'll see you there, man. Oh, awesome. All right, take care. Thank you so much, man. Have a good weekend. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening in on this conversation, on this podcast. It went over time, but that was intentional because we had to get all those tips out there into the world so that if you're preparing for your data science interview and you're a graduate at a university or you're about to be a graduate, that you got all the information, all the value that Herschel had to share. In fact, he actually had some additional things to talk about, specifically personal experience with some of the big companies. We just didn't have enough time for that part of things. You can always hit him up, contact him. Um, His uh, name is Herschel Sanab. You can find him on LinkedIn. Also, of course, all of the show notes, uh, URLs, materials, uh, everything that we mentioned will be available in the course notes, including Herschel's LinkedIn. The course notes are, as usual, available at superdatascience.com slash 331. That's superdatascience.com slash 331. Get all your show notes there, including the transcript for this episode. My personal favorite takeaway from this episode was start early. So this is a good time. It's January uh, 2020 now. If you haven't applied for your uh, internship or graduate positions for this summer uh, in the US, then this is the best time to jump on top of it or actually already a little bit behind. But if you're still over a year from graduating, a year and a half or a year, then this is the perfect time to start thinking about these things, applying for internships, grad positions and so on as per Herschel's advice. So that's probably one of the biggest takeaways for me because I was also in the same boat and my brothers have been in the same boat. Everybody leaves it always too late. But of course, there were plenty of other great tips Herschel shared with us today. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. And if uh, you know anybody who is going through data science or business intelligence analyst or data analyst interviews at the moment, then share this episode with them. This might actually inspire them. This might actually help them get the job that they're dreaming for, or maybe make a change in their approach and apply for different other jobs. Uh, This could really impact their career. So if you know anybody, send them the link. It's superdatascience.com slash 331. And finally, as uh, Herschel mentioned, volunteering at Data Science Go made a huge impact on his career and his life and his connections. So if you're in San Diego or in the area and you would like to volunteer at Data Science Go in 2020, then head on over to datasciencego.com slash volunteer. That's datasciencego.com slash volunteer and join the team in November in San Diego to really make an impact on other people's lives. Can't wait to see you there. And until next time, happy analyzing.